It's the 60 Go Podcast presented by Men's Sports. I'm joined by Damien Seabold. Seeves, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Now, we're talking about the Titans for 2023. Uh, look, I actually think there's some gr- there's some green shoots for the Titans, but still need a lot of work. There, there is some green shoots for them, mate. I mean, they've got some good forwards. They've picked up a couple of decent signings, You know, one of them being the coach, Des Hasler, who will certainly add a lot to them. Um, but I still see there be. There's a, a number of issues with, with the Titans, with their squad, that they need to get right. So I think they're too top-heavy with what they're paying their forward pack. But again, you don't win games or, or win comps without a, a great forward pack. And that's certainly what they do have. You're right. Uh, Fafita, Tino, a lot of money. There is. Mo Fodawake is on decent coin. And you would have to think that Mo's the guy that leaves when his contract's up. Yeah, you wouldn't want to leave, lose him, though. I think he's a good footballer. No doubt, but you can't pay, you know, three top-line forwards on not just big money, biggest money in the comp. And I assume that Keenan Paliasia is on decent coin coming across from the Broncos. I mean, you know, he's not a superstar or anything like that, but to, to get him to move away from where he's comfortable and, and where he's in a starting 17, uh, there must have been some sort of assurances, you know, whether it's starting spot or or decent coin there's two questions i've got for you about the titans in relation to their spine a lot of rumors that they're still trying to go after ben hunt would you still go after ben hunt to play seven i would love ben hunt to play seven for my club for the next 18 months two years max they've already got an aging superstar half in kieran foreign why would you want another one you know you, you can't have both now i think that Half is their their biggest weakness. Half um, certainly is somewhere that they need to improve their stocks. But again, is someone who may only have 18 months left in them, is he the right person? Great point. Great point. Uh, so that brings back the question, is Tanner Boyd the answer? No. No, I mean, again, Tanner Boyd's not terrible. He's a decent footballer and, you know, he, he tries hard. But I just can't see them... I can't see them pushing for you know top eight honours or or going even further with the halves that they've got at the moment. Yeah. Again, the other thing for mine is, you know, w- with the whole chopping and changing around AJ Brimson and and Jaden Campbell, I just don't think that works. I mean, for mine, AJ Brimson is a significantly better footballer than Jaden Campbell. I personally think he's their best option at one. So put him there, leave him there. If Jaden Campbell's only place in that team is number 14, well, so be it. That's the other question I was going to ask you. So you're going all chips in into AJ Brimson. Well, AJ Brimson's played four or five origins now. I mean, and he's been very good every time he's played. Every time AJ Brimson is fit, the Titans are going quite well. They're always winning games. They're up there. They're thereabouts. It's just unfortunate that AJ Brimson... He does get the odd injury, and it's soft tissue stuff, so calves, hemis, uh, that seems to be the thing that hurts him. Uh, but, but I think he is, you know, he's an excellent player. You could move him to 5'8", and he would do that job, you know, quite easily, I think. But they've already got a decent, well, a 5'8", who's better. So I just don't see how it would work, um, you know, weakening a spot. Yes, as I said, Jaden Campbell, he's not bad. He's a good footballer, but I just don't think he's as good as Brimson. What What are your thoughts? I really like Jaden Campbell. There was a time during the year where they put Jaden Campbell at 5'8", and I actually thought it worked quite well. Could you see a future with Campbell going to 5'8"? 
because I, I like with four in there, four and a half back. Yeah, po- possibly. Um, because I think they're a better team with Campbell in it. Yes, they are. But it, defensively in the front line, that's the reason why it didn't last too long with him playing at five eight every now and again. Is because not because he's not a good defender or he doesn't want to defend. He's just a he's not a big man. So. You, you got big edge back rowers sending traffic at him. He's just not going to be able to continually handle that. So, do you think in three years both of those players are at the club? AJ, well, AJ Brimpton has to be. If okay. they let him go, they're mad. Okay. So you're you're going all chips into AJ at fullback? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I just think he's a better player. Uh, another shining light from this year was Carl Pereira uh, on the wing. Yeah, um, he had a good start of the year, especially didn't he? Yeah, and I I think that he's worth persisting with because one thing that's true and we spoke to your brother about this last week um in regards to manly um speed kills it does mate if you've got someone that can capitalize on half a chance or if you've got someone in your team that when someone makes a break you know if they get there it's a tr- you know if that speed gets there in support it is a try it's six points straight away uh, and that's what Cam Pereira brings the most exciting team i've ever seen plays the 2017 storm uh, where both Vunavalu and Adokar scored 23 tries for yep. the year. And, you know, there would be times when they would actually both link up because they were so fast and they'd make breaks together. And the fact that you've got uh, Sammy, who I actually think it's a perfect combination of wingers. Sammy is a meter eater. He he is a great carry. Yep. And then you've got Camperari, who is a great finisher and a speed demon. See, I, I actually think he's... I would much prefer a player like Camperari to Alex Johnson because... Alex Johnson's a great finisher, but Camperera has something that you can't you can't buy. Well, that pure speed. He also is a little. Camperera, again, is a little bit of a, a weakness coming out of yardage because he, yes. again he's not that big of a body. Yeah. But the Titans have other players that do get them out of trouble. When when Brimson's at fullback, his meters are really high. Yeah. Um, they've got Philip Sammy. Like at the start of the year, especially his meters were enormous each game. I think he was averaging up close to two hundred at times. So. You know, they, they do have blokes that can fill that void and, and help him out. Well, uh, Sami averaged 170 metres a game yep. for the year. Um, Jane Campbell, 120, and Khan Pereira, uh, 120 as well. So, What, what was Brimson? Brimson, I will well, look that up. I will look that um, up. Yeah, and again, I think the other problem that they've got is, is around the hooker. So, Verrills is a really good player. Um, he's an excellent hooker. He's won a comp. And he was one of the stars in that Roosters team that did win the comp. But again, his injuries are really starting to catch up with him. So I think, you know, he's got those issues around his knees. I don't know exactly where he's at and um, his contract and how much time he's got left. But I do think the the Titans, if they are going to improve and push for the top eight, I think they need to look at something in the halves and hooker. You know, they've got the pieces of everything else, haven't they? Yeah, that's right. And Verrill's... I've never been sold that he is just the the cure to being a, a first grade hooker for them. Um, like I, I think he did a, a fine job at the Roosters in a gun team yep. behind Jake Friend at the time. But to to make yourself a, a, a top five hooker, I just don't think he's Oh there. yeah, look, I don't think he's, I don't think he's anywhere near that. But in my mind, he is a first grade hooker. Yep. And, and he's a good one. Yep. Where, uh, whereas what they had coming in when he was injured, there were guys that were playing out of position or just weren't quite up to it. 130 metres a game for AJ, so okay. a little bit more. But uh, the fact Philip Sami's there is just is just yeah. invaluable for them. He's one of the best carries out of, out of yardage in the game. 
Um, and and that's what gives me a little bit of hope for the Titans. We spoke to the when we did the rugby league eye test uh, interview earlier in the year. The Titans are number one for where they start their sets. They're number one, so they're starting their sets further downfield than any other club in the game on average. So their meters out of yardage isn't really a problem for them. It's first of all defense, which I think Hasler can bring a lot to. Um, and then, second of all, execution of finishing off. So, last year, the Titans um, were in 14th spots. That's where they finished up. They had a negative 126 for and against. So, you know, certainly that's that's not ideal, and that's where a number of their problems um, came into play. But, you know, they, they won 10 games. or Sorry, they won nine, nine games, games last year, didn't they? They need to find three to four wins to make the eight. Looking back and, and remembering the, the Titans season just gone, they had two or three very lucky wins. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I think the, the nine wins was almost a false, a false economy where, you know, it, you play those games 10 times. Well, nine of them, they probably lose two or three of them. Um, there was a game that, that comes to mind against Para at Magic Ground, which you know, the Titans just had no right to win that game. Um, there was another one where I can remember them winning. I think it may have been, it might have been later in the year against Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah, at the Gabba. Yeah, that's right. And then there was one I think against the Titan, uh, the Dolphins as well. Was there one against the Dolphins where they ended up getting away with the win, but it was really fortunate. Oh, the Cowboys. Oh, Cowboys. That was the one yep. that I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, look, they did have those scratchy wins to say the best, and in the last round they beat the Dogs thirty-four thirty. And now, if you're conceding 30 points against the Dogs, yeah, doesn't really tell me a lot about your defence, to be honest. Yeah, that, that that game was just a you score, I score. Exactly. Um, they went. They love to win games 34-32. Yeah. They need to stop that. Like they need to get rid of that. And I think Des is going to be great for them. Yeah, defensively, like, definitely. I yeah. mean He'll bring a bit of toughness to them. He'll he'll hold them accountable. Um, so they're certainly, they, they should improve. There's no reason why they shouldn't improve. But again, I'm looking at it from the perspective is of, I think they overachieved last year based on you know, how they were playing and a couple of the wins that they had. So I can't see them going too much further up the table. I can see them making the eight in 2025. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. definitely. We have that discussion. You know, In 12 months' time, I could have a completely different perspective on them. But they're like the dogs for me. They might improve one or two spots, but... You know, I, I can't see him making the eight. And we've got to remember, while everyone's improving, I think there's going to be a couple of teams that regress. Yep. The Dragons are a team that are going to be better. They will just, they will definitely be a better footy side next year. So, you know, that pack from 12 to 17, it's just going to get harder for those people to get out of it. Absolutely. We'll take a quick break and be back with Dave Taylor on the Six to Go podcast. There's not too many on the professional darts world tour looking like they have That's a good point. babysitting on the old LinkedIn bio. <laughs> They're the least trustworthy athletes of all Absolutely. time. Athletes in inverted <laughs> commas. I remember Phil Taylor Power. back when they used to be able to drink and he would drink while he was playing and they were just on the cusp of trying to get rid of booze in the sport. He said, nah, you can't get rid of it. I use it for balance so that I can throw the darts. <laughs> they go, well, couldn't you just hold a book? He goes, mate. I can't drink 12 books while I'm playing darts. <laughs> 
for more nonsensical ramblings loosely based on sport. Tune in to Mint Sports maybe daily, every week. Maybe. It's a 60 Go podcast presented by Men's Sports. It's a thrill to have Dave Taylor on the phone. Dave, how are you, mate? Good, guys. How are you going? Good, thanks, mate. Uh, we did a Titans review today, so it was good of excuse as any to get you on. Uh, can I ask you about your time at the Titans? What what do you what do you look back on there with your time at the Gold Coast Titans? Um, uh, apart from the crew that we had there, that was uh, that we all got along. I think it was um, one of the clubs that I actually were at where um, everyone got along with everyone. Um, everyone was sort of best mates there. And, yeah, that's the mateship coming out of the Titans is quite strong. Mate, um, look, from memory at the time, there was um, quite a few of you blokes that were all around the same age and had played either state of origin with each other or, or against each other. Um, did you find that easy? Because, you know, you all had a fair bit in common, being around the same age, lo- liking the same things, and, and as you said, enjoyed each other's co- company? Yeah. Um, also, I think uh, Gold Coast being a smaller city, we all sort of lived around each other as well. Um, down in Sydney and, and places like that, you sort of sometimes spread out. Um, it's a bit harder to catch up after hours of football and stuff like that. So, being on the Gold Coast, and Gold Coast itself is such a good place um, that it was quite easy to, to love the joint. Yeah, well, mate. Obviously, you got you know the the beaches there and and beautiful surf and and then the glitz and glamour and there's plenty of places to go and and have a beer and catch up and have a bit of fun um, together, mate. If if you could name one teammate or even if you have to name two that you um, enjoyed their company the most when you're at the Titans, can you name one or two? It is breaking up a little bit there. Sorry, mate. If um, if you could like name one or two guys that you you know you got along with the most, or enjoyed their company with the most, or had the most fun with when you were at the Titans, who would they be? Uh, Bowie Floon, definitely one of them. Yep. We played at South together, and then we both moved up to Gold Coast together. Um, it was sort of one of one of my close mates for a long time, and um, definitely Birdie and Nate. Well, all pretty close. Anthony Don was another one, the winger. Um, yeah, so we're all, uh, yeah, we're all quite close when we're there. Dave, you you went from South to the Titans. Were there any other clubs that you were weighing up at the time? Yeah, North Queensland. I was pretty close to going to North Queensland. Um, family had a big part to play with it back then. Um, the, the children's mother was from Brisbane and... Um, that sort of had a big part to play at the time. Mate, um, so you said you, n- you nearly um, signed with the, the Cowboys. Obviously, that would have been a good fit with you being a, a country boy, you know, growing up in, um, in around Blackwater and then coming into St. Brendan's for, for high school. Mate, one, one of the things that I can always think of is your grade 12 would have been, it would have been insane because at the time you were obviously, you were playing school footy you were playing then a bit of local footy. And then every, you know, second or third weekend, I can remember you getting flown down to Brizzy to to play footy down there for, was it at the Clydesdales at the time? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was through the football year. It was every weekend. I was flying down if the game wasn't in Rockhampton. So I played majority of the year for Clydesdales, which is a, 
yeah, it's pretty unbelievable at the time. Um, going to school Tuesday to Thursday and flying down to Brisbane on a Friday and flying back on a Monday. Um, it was a... Uh, yeah, I was quite cool kid at school. Mate, I was going to say, especially St. Brendan's being such a, a rugby league fanatical school, I'm sure when you rolled in every Monday or Tuesday morning, especially the, the young grade eight and nine kids, they would have absolutely been, you know, ecstatic lo- looking up to you at the time. Yeah, definitely. They, um, the love was overwhelming at the time. And, um, they, yeah, definitely uh, a lot of the, even still today, get a lot of the friends, young boys coming up to me saying that they're in year eight or nine or ten, um, that when we're at school together. And then you went on to play for the Bronx, David, uh, such a massive club. And at the time, uh, pretty sure it was the only club in Southeast Queensland. I'm pretty sure the Titans, maybe they were around, but only just starting. But, uh, what was it like playing for such a powerhouse club straight away? Yeah, it was, it was pretty, um, pretty for real at the time. Uh, the greats that were there, Webkey, Thorny, Petro, Lockie, uh, Brent Tate. There's a lot of a lot of people, uh, a lot of players there that are Origin superstars at the time. Um, to come into the dressing shed as a 17 year old, yeah, it was um, as scary as it was. It was, it was quite surreal. Mate, I'm sure also as well, being such a young bloke and, and looking up to him, you, you probably had a sense of um, calmness when you looked around and saw those blokes sitting in the dressing room thinking, you know, yeah, I'm about to, to go head first into an NRL game here at 18, but I've got some of the, the great, you know, well, great Broncos, great forwards to ever play the game. So it must have been comforting to, to look around and see those blokes. Yeah, well, yeah, you show up to training. Uh, them boys, they changed the way they played back then. Um, it's changed up a little bit now with with the way we train. And, but back then, it was, um, yeah, you got absolutely flogged if you're a young fellow coming into the side. They uh, definitely gave it to you. So they definitely warmed you up to what you're about to expect going onto the field. And then when you went to South, what was the difference between the two clubs in your mind then? Was it a stark difference straight away? Yeah, obviously... Uh, at the time I went through South, there was a, a coaching change. Uh, Jason Taylor had just been sacked, um, and Laney just got appointed, and he was only sort of looking just to fill the role until they found someone, which they held in for two years. Um, but with uh, coming from a club where Wayne Bennett had been for so many years, the, um, the system that he had in place quite quite hard to beat so it, um, it was a bit of a, a system shock to come from 18 years old to I think I was 20 or 21 when I went down there and just to know only that system um, to come to another system was a bit of a bit of a shock but uh, yeah, definitely um, match it with their uh, professionalism and um, how they their players and what they do for them. Yeah, it's definitely on par. And Dave, about six months ago, I had Nate Miles on and uh, he told us a story that when he was playing for the Titans, and this just shows the difference between now and then, I suppose, 
uh, one day they rocked up to training wherever they wherever they had their training at the building and the, the club hadn't paid the bill or they, they couldn't get access to the building uh, at some stage. So then they were training at the back of Burley Bears in the sheds out the back of Burley Bears. First of all, were you there? And do you have any stories like that? Um, yeah, I kind of remember something like that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't sort of take too much. I just sort of, I just went where they told me to go back then. Um, <laughs> it's, it's easier that way. But though. I do know we we did um, we did jump around a little bit when we were there before we sort of found our feet. Um, training up at the uh, I can't remember what school it was, but we we. Uh, we were in Donga's um, 35-degree heat. No aircon training. It was um, it was a bit rough there at a couple of <laughs> stages. Oh, mate. I'm sure it would have been experienced, though. Um, look, before we finish up, thanks very much for, um, you know, your time and, and having a chat to us today. Um, mate, just as far as, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Rocky boy, you're a local, just to see, um, you know, the, the career you've had and, and go from being a young bloke um, at St. Brendan's all the way through to playing in the NRL for, for 10 years, mate, you should be very proud of, of everything you achieved and, and know that everyone was always behind you. So um, well done. And, and the second part of that is, mate, just give us a buzz if you do want to have a run for brothers this year. I could certainly use a, a, a ball playing prop who thinks they're a 5'8". <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely proud of what I've achieved, um, especially mum and dad being from the area as well. Uh, dad's a, a local All Black, and uh, um, he always he always reminds me that he he won a grand final and I didn't. So, um, well, we could but, chase that this year, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta have that deep pocket to get me. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you I can give you a burger and a beer at the end of each game. <laughs> give me two burgers and we've got a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hey Dave, really appreciate your time today, mate. Thank you so much, eh? Thanks, guys. Thanks, this has been the 60 Go podcast, and that is full time.